Once upon a time, a wolf loved a rabbit. A rabbit loved a deer. A wolf also loved a deer, but as a friend, no homo. Welcome to Akashina Podcast Anime with Friends, <laughs> presented by the Cherryton School Report, a V-Stars podcast, in association with Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends. I am Sabrina Ray, and with me is my childhood bestie, Don Munson. Don Munson! Nice. So Stan, we got a question this week. It's, we did. it's for my daughter, and it's, um, tell us about a time you murdered an animal on the road. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my daughter's 10. I mean. She didn't ask that, but she would. She, she would. could have asked it. No, what she asked was, tell us about your first pet. Isn't that innocent? Oh, isn't it cute? I'll let you start. Are we talking about the first pet we owned, like the first pet we purchased maybe it's like your most the first formative pet. pet i guess like i don't think it has to be the first pet you saved up all of your dimes to buy at the at the dead parrot store well i did not ever buy a dead parrot uh or even a live one i mean my my childhood pets were because he wasn't dead he was sleeping he was resting Genevieve. he was resting <laughs> Genevieve was a long, it was a short haired um, German pointer, uh, was my father's hunting dog, uh, and was a very good dog, always treated me kindly, had a good, good temperament. It was a good dog. I, I, I did love Genevieve. Yeah. What else can you ask for from a dog? Uh, my first pet was uh, a bird, a parakeet named Crystal. Was this before I knew you? Maybe, because I was at the old Cambridge house, so I'm not sure. I don't know what happened to her. She died one night. I think they left the cage open and she, like, cooked herself on the radiator or something stupid like that. Like, uh, probably my dad hit her with, a, like, a golf club or something, and I just don't know the, the full story. But uh, she was blue. She was blue. She's just the same type of parakeet that you like can go to the zoo and you go into the parakeet like uh, terrarium or whatever it's called, aviary, and uh, you have a stick, popsicle stick with bird seed on it and you get the birds to fly down. Like she looked identical to any of those that were blue. I cried so hard when she died. I cried so hard. I, uh, I have no experience that is similar to what you just described. I still feel guilty about um, Genevieve's death because my parents are very angry at her. She'd run away and eaten a bunch of trash and came home. And as is a common yep. problem with older dogs, her stomach separated uh, and flipped over inside her body and then it expanded and the pressure pressed against her heart and she died. Oh my gosh, um, that's such a bad way to go. And of course, we were very mean to her because we knew that she'd run away and was eating a bunch of trash and she would come home gorged on trash. So initially we thought she was gorged on trash and we're, you know, she had to sleep in the garage and then she passed away. Well, rest in peace, Crystal and Genevieve. All right. On that happy note. (laughs) So we had a cliffhanger in which uh, Lagoshi 
was about to be attacked, presumably, by a shadowy assailant. And this episode starts with him remembering his relationship with Tem, the alpaca, who was murdered. Um, and it's it's got this kind of problematic bit where Tem is like, yeah, feel my fuzzy, furry, like my fuzzy soft hair. Oh, yeah, that it was a little weird, honestly. It's, it's, you know, like we live in a time when a lot of people are very particular about not feeling their ethnically diverse hair. Like it's, it's verboten for the Karen of the office to be like, oh, let me feel your dreads, you know, or let me feel your, uh, I don't know, even like a, I think a bald person would probably face similar, uh, negative feelings if you were to say i want to rub your head for luck buddha (laughs) you know i don't think anyone does that anymore but it seems like a joke we used to make that is no longer appropriate to make but uh specifically it feels like the ethnicity is the problem there you know the cultural difference and sort of like othering someone but here i'll the tem the alpaca is into it you know Anyway, while he's daydreaming about it and he's kind of like feeling guilty for making it seem in his memories like he was closer to Tem than he actually was, he gets attacked. And I love the stylistic choice they make here to put it in uh, like a, a blue glowing outlines so that we're getting just a sketch of things because Lagoshi. Um, can't see and he's blindfolded and he's bound because he gets he gets cold cocked basically yes absolutely i think i skipped over that part but lagoshi gets cold cocked by a huge presence that he notes he he gets cold cocked he gets cold kicked he gets cold cocked lagoshi gets cold cocked by this huge assailant and He's bound and blindfolded. And I really like the stylistic choice they make here to just uh, make the art into just outlines, just glowing blue lines Mm -hmm. and uh, blood. So it really does like emphasize the fact that Lagoshi has been deprived of some of his major senses. Um, But he's, he's trying, he's trying real hard to, um, he's trying real hard to, gather the data he needs in order to suss out who his assailant is at a later time. A very uh, convenient cold shows up and prevents him from being able to smell his attacker. So, Yeah, they didn't even have to do that. They could have just had him get his nose broken or something. What? No, you can still smell through a broken nose. What if it's bleeding, though? Wouldn't the blood, like, obfuscate the smells? I literally just watched Black Widow and there's a scene where she says like she could you could still smell uh, <laughs> the fer- you could still smell the pheromones if you didn't sever the olfactory like nerve in your like in the front of your head. Oh, I, I haven't seen this movie yet. Uh, good movie. Good. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but it, it's good Marvel. The point, I mean, I suppose if your nose were bloody enough and you were free flowing blood, but being being a a wolfhound or a wolf, Lagoshi probably has a much more finely tuned nose than us and is probably able to separate those smells. 
Yeah, it's too bad he got a, he got a cold. Sorry. Maybe that's why I didn't want to kiss Harrod last episode. I, I guess. I mean, he didn't. It didn't seem all that bothered, and it's definitely within like the last two hours. They should just go back and redub it. You know. So. I can't kiss Haru. I have a cold. I mean, if you think about the timing of all this, like he outs himself as a virgin to the group, runs over to meet with Haru, breaks up with her, um, runs and is assaulted by Tem's killer. It's a pretty eventful night. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets a good chunk of oh, something. He, he bites the, I mean, that's a pretty nasty bite. Like to me, I thought he was biting not so he could as much get a taste but like if you bite someone on the face like that it's going to be pretty obvious like it's going to take a while to heal we'll just find the person with a ripped up face now it's a mystery still who the assailant is but the size certainly eliminates some people right (laughs) i mean if indeed this is the killer yes all right so that that is a critical point uh, Lagoshi makes a lot of assumptions that this is the killer. I mean, it could literally just be the kangaroo hired somebody to like beat the shit out of him. There are all sorts of possible possibilities, but I, I agree. Like the the body size is huge. There's a couple other things. Like, is it a snake? Nope, it's not a snake. That's clearly a, a four legged creature, um, or walking on two legs. I don't know how you want to think about this, um, and clearly a predator very strong so i agree it feels like i mean the only person who comes to mind is bill there's nobody else who's been who we've seen as a character who's been big enough to do this yeah i mean i would say lagoshi is manhandled but there has to be a better word for that in animalese (laughs) he's he's thrown around like a rag doll yes Um, so something with enormous strength has attacked him. And that's where we're going to leave that for now. Um, but he does have the thought <laughs> while he's sort of like fighting for his life that he should have kissed Haru. Agreed. So he's aware of, of, his, of his mistakes there. And he reaches out to Jack. And I'm, I'm sad that we don't get more with Jack, not because of the shipping thing that I joke about sometimes, or maybe I'm not joking. Who knows? You'll have to find out later. Jack, he calls Jack and all he can really hear is Lagoshi's belabored breathing. I mean, this one was really like, how did Lagoshi dial the phone and get it near his head and then be like, I don't need to speak. I'll just lie here and breathe and that'll solve the problems. Well, he doesn't have to dial. It's not like he had a rotary phone there. He just has to uh, he just has to fumble it out of his pocket and hit his speed. Is that how uh, you call me? You hit speed dial? I mean, basically... You still you have to press a bunch recents. of buttons. You are in my recents. So. I'm, I'm still implying you gotta, you gotta look at what you're doing. You can't just... It's not a flip phone. Or, or he was fumbling with it and he called the first person that came up. Oh, okay. I mean, he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of friends. (laughs) No, I I would agree with you there. But the thing that bugs me the most about this is he calls Jack, and when Jack shows up, he's perfectly able to talk to Jack, but not on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been helpful, right? (laughs) Yes. That's just, that's like dramatic, uh, this dramatic convenience. But Jack is being, you know, what a good buddy. He's like, here's him. He's like... I hear him. It sounds like he's got a cold. I need to bring him tissues. 
I was like, wow, Jack, pretty, uh, pretty kind of you there. Like, I know when I have a cold, I call someone and I just heavily breathe into the phone. I'm just like, <gasps> remember when I did that? You brought me <laughs> tissues. I, I, uh, it, it has escaped my, my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels like Lagoshi breaks up with Jack here, which really is just kind of sad because Jack, like, Jack just wants Lagoshi to have a normal school life, and it seems like he's gotten so far off track with that. I mean, you're absolutely right. He has, but I would only say part of it, like, part of it is due to his weirdness, and part of it is because he's interposed in weirdness all around him. Um, true, true. I, I would not blame Lagoshi for a lot of what's happened here. Um he has to have some blame here though oh absolutely but like the romance stuff with haru if you strip out the weirdness apparently of it being a carnivore and an herbivore um that's a that's a common you know you go to college you meet a girl i'm speaking well anyone who's interested in girls you go to college you meet a girl uh you you think you fall in love with the girl you try to get with the girl you get rejected it doesn't work out you get despondent. You fight off the Yakuza. <laughs> right. Well, okay, but that's the stuff where it really goes off the rails, right? Like, it is. it's okay to fall in love with somebody and then to fall out of love with them and to cry a bunch of tears. That's totally normal. But the uh, needing to fight off a bunch of lion Yakuza with your bare hands while they've got, you know, weapons, that's a less common experience. Yeah, I would say so. And then Tem killing, you know, the the Tem killing, that wasn't, that's not Legoshi's fault. No, not at all. He seeks medical attention. He describes Jack in this last moment as bright and distant. So bright and distant. Like the lighthouse on the other side of the water in the Great Gatsby. I mean, Legoshi is way too dramatic. He is. He's so dramatic and like, it's not even a high school story a lot of the time at this point. We've moved into a very adult-looking world. Um, even when we're at the high school, they're not they're not putting on their play anymore. I mean, that stuff is still happening, but it's not the focus of the series right now. We're literally looking for a murderer amongst them. And nothing else really matters, but... He goes back to the black market because even though Jack wants him to go to a doctor, uh, he knows that he needs to see a different kind of doctor, a backstreet doctor. And he goes looking for Goheen. And this is, these are fun scenes. I mean, like, it makes sense that he would go looking for Goheen again. And yep. he wants to be his pupil. It. It is it's it is sort of a weird like high school slash college quest though. It's like, well, I'm gonna go to Goheen and then what? Uh Right, well he doesn't have him on speed dial, honestly. No, he, he doesn't, doesn't have him on speed doesn't dial. Have anything. Doesn't even know how much um bamboo to bring him. Which nope. does he even have money? No, I think that's what that moment is when he like kind of looks at himself and he's like, uh, wait, <laughs> how much does he need and do I have any money to pay for it? And I think the answer is no, he does not have money except for the money he put in his sock that his grandfather gave him. 
I mean, his grandfather created that practice. That was in last season, if you don't remember, when he goes to get the ramen. Yes. Okay, so... So then, but Go, Go, he does manage to travel with Goheen. He does. He does. I think Goheen likes him. I think he sees potential in him. Um, but he has to be wary of him because of the reason that he originally met him was that he 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 was succumbing to his carnal desires and seemed to be inconsolable and out of control. So um, tell us about the magic of weird sex chair. <laughs> oh, yes. I wrote the same thing. I wrote, <laughs> what is this chair? Like, what are you using? Like, this is some sort of weird interrogation chair that Goheen has. Dude, that is that is like super future tech, like Doc Octopus style hentai, hentai like mind of its own tentacle chair absolutely it's uh it's the most anime thing we've seen so far in this this series this season it's it's crazy and then i don't know what goheen is trying to do to legoshi here he's like you and send you his stakes to (laughs) louis he's like i he wants to he wants him to stay in school and then like and then this happens yeah Stay and he wants school, him to stay in kids. school. Get a job. In this era of job shortages, he says. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like that's Legoshi's problem. He is looking out for him, though. That's sweet. Um, I guess. But and he's then also he... looking out for him because, and there must be a hint here somewhere, right? He says, you killed the head of the lion gang. They're going to be out for your blood. But I have a plan. Get in my sex chair. <laughs> Gosh. You know, this could end in a lot of bad ways if you think about it. Uh, it absolutely well. Now that the chair has been activated, I can see there's a. It got a lot worse a lot more quickly. Yeah, uh, and Lagoshi screams as like Goheen comes at him with a comma. You know the uh, what did we call it? Scythe. Scythe. Is that what he's holding? It looked like it. Legoshi? Sorry. No, Goheen like, comes Goheen. straight towards the camera and Legoshi screams. <laughs> and then cut. God, we don't we don't follow up on that this episode. We're done. We're done with Legoshi. Uh and now we get a really cool story that you've been dying to talk about, so I'm gonna let you just take us over on this. Uh, you knew that I have no desire to talk about what happy happened <laughs> in Happy in Heaven. This is, is that the what most it was called? Yeah. <laughs> This is the most bonkers scene that I have ever seen in an anime. Oh, I love it so much. I mean, uh, no, I don't. I don't. It's just too much. This whole... It's those layers coming to to, uh, fruition. I don't know. It's literally the only thing this scene has got for it is that, like, it's it's trying to juxtapose and it's like, oh, it's creating all this tension. It's sexual and it's... Um, you know, carnivorous, carnivoral, Carniv- I guess. Carnivorous, carnivoral. I don't know. It's one of those. I don't either, but I was kind of like, what? I mean, it, it makes for, it's, this is not, ugh, I can't even articulate myself properly. <laughs> I mean, this is not something you want to show your kids for sure. You've got the, 
we've got exotic dancing. We've got a seedy club. We've got the owner. Well, this is the worst bit about it. Like the deer is preparing to go out and dance. And the owner's like, hey, what do you think about not dancing with the cage? And she's like, she's like, that's fine. It's fine. And he's like, oh, we better not do that because uh, the crowd will get too rowdy. I don't, I forget what his answer was, but it was like, well, the, the answer is that it has happened before that yeah. the crowd has turned against the dancer and eaten them. That's why there's the cage in the first place. And then I was like, dude, why would you bring this up? And then she says, yes. And you're like, oh, better not. Like, come on. You make a decision. Either you want it to happen and you seek her consent or you don't want it to happen at all. Like, is this supposed to be just like a brain fart? Like, oh, somebody has to bring the cage down. What do you think? I think it's fine. Oh, you know what? On second thought, let's better not. Like, what? Yeah. That bit, that bit was ridiculous. But then she goes out and she literally strips down to the nude. We've got a new, what, is she a deer or she's not a zebra? I forget. A gnu? I don't know. What are they called? Uh, I don't know if... She is a type of deer, I think. She is a type of... Like, she's in that deer family. You know how you go to the zoo and there's always, like, six different deer? (laughs) (laughs) There's always, like, a variety that you just don't know the name for. deer, roe deer, white-tailed deer. Okay, some form of deer. Some vulnerable, doe-eyed creature. Uh, is and I like the description. Yeah, is Let's go with that. Flopping around or or prostrating herself on stage, and like these positions do not leave much to the imagination. Uh, no, she gets, and she also seems to have. There's a bit of a fatalistic trend to her, where she seems to be like pretty much of the place where she is. She's she's a black market girl, and she's gonna die a black market girl. You know, like this is this is almost where she belongs, or at least she's convinced herself that it is. She even says that line that it reminded me of Rorschach from um, Watchmen, where mm-hmm. he's like, "You're, you're, I'm not in prison with you. You're in prison with me." <laughs> yes, she, she, she does say. Says that. Yes, you're the ones in a cage under my command, and then the cage comes down. Oh, looks like nobody's in a cage under anyone's command. Here's a good setup. I, you know, they, they they set up that earlier so that you would connect the dots and see that it was the the jealous carnivore, because the carnivore is jealous because because Cosmo is the name of the deer. That's right. She she is feeding two different appetites that that the other dancer cannot feed the one particular appetite. So she's more popular because she gets all the guys salivating and horny. So then the cage comes down and all the carnivores are there, but only one of them loses control and hops up on stage. Yeah. And then I do have a question like, what are the other carnivores doing? Because I would think, if one of them goes for her, then the other ones would be like, well, if this is what we're doing, I'm getting in on the action. 
Or they would be like, I'm in control. This guy is not. Let's yank him off because I want to see more dancing. Like, I don't understand. Is it supposed to be voyeuristic? Is it, what is it supposed to be? You know, I'm not sure. I don't live in a world where I, like, people randomly just get up and start murdering and eating other people. But I, I'm just going <laughs> to Why not? Guess. You kind of do. I, they don't eat them. But you definitely live in a world where people get up and murder other people. Not like not get up and murder. Like it's not like a like oh, I want to murder someone, but I'm holding it in all the time. It's not like there's a bunch that's of not, Dexter's everywhere. That's not how you feel. Dexter is coming back, by the way. Um, With the same, I saw, I saw there's a preview um, of its new season, and he's like still trying not to kill people. Same actor. <laughs> same actor, and they're gonna. It's a continuation. It's not like they're like. It's not like the new Dexter. They did that one season where he had a protege. Um, then did he kill him and eat him? Uh, there was no cannibalism in Dexter. Not on his part, anyway. I don't remember if there were other characters that were cannibalistic. Yeah, I never Dexter. watched Dexter. It I think was, I tried it was once. for about a season and a half, maybe two seasons, and then everyone watched it because I don't even know why. Like, all of the side stories were garbage, but I don't want to talk about Dexter. I was just bringing it up because, you know, it's it's not like there's like a bunch of serial killers in, in the audience. This one guy, it's like it's like an Alcoholics Anonymous. If somebody like brought a bottle of beer and one guy just couldn't help himself, was like, I'm going to drink this beer. It's not like everyone would give up the sobriety over that. No, but the opposite might happen. They may be like, dude, no, that's a bad idea. Don't drink that beer. You're at Alcoholics Anonymous right now. Oh, maybe maybe it's different enough, though. That it's a very savage act that would probably catch you off guard. I don't know. I anyway, guess. You've got I a, think you've there was plenty point. of time. You've made a good point, but I, I don't have an answer other than to say probably it's just a shocking a shock to the system. But okay. anyway... Um, but who before, rides in on a yes. white horse to rescue Fair Cosmo? Yes, it is Louie. It is Louie. And she initially is like really rejecting uh, his help. Yeah, because it feels like he's just a he's just a weirdo freak who came to look at like an herbivore be gawked at by carnivores or to, even worse to watch an herbivore get eaten by carnivores yeah i i was kind of like why are you looking a gift horse in the mouth like because he's a deer well you're you're angrier you seem to be angrier that you that he saved you than you are that you were about to be eaten in fact she was resigned to her fate cosmo was resigned to her fate she's like this is how it's going to be huh this 100%. is how i go yes one hundred percent. I mean, I guess you kind of do have to have a death wish if this is what you're doing. You know, I like I like how she's like, children should go home and sleep. You know, she's she comes across as a very sort of like um, I I don't I think the word noir detective noir is overused a bit to describe something that's often not a noir, but she feels like a character from one of those stories her whole story feels like it, it sort of comes out of nowhere. It does come out of nowhere. That's not a like joke. That. I do like when that happens in B stars, because it often leads to interesting side stories or, 
like Kina, Kina has come out of nowhere. Build up, yeah, but Kina came out of nowhere and was immediately like part of the narrative that's that's ongoing. This well, because I like stories of the black market. You know what I'm saying? Like stories of the forbidden market. Like I, I feel like sadly that would be a very popular series uh, in a B Stars spinoff. Well, they do. B Stars have... stories of the black market. Tell me they, that would not. Get views. They do have an anthology series with Beastars called Beast Complex, which came before Beastars, like narrowed the focus to Lagoshi and Louis. But and then we also have um, post Beastars content within that universe. Um, but so it all comes. It's before. it all. It's it's <laughs> it's like episodes four, five, and six. Is that what you're telling me? Those are the the Beastars is the Nay Plus Ultra, and everything else is just filler on the outside. No, I think a lot of people are big fans of the uh, of the Beast Complex content. I liked it, um, but I'm I'm probably going to talk about that later when it becomes more relevant. But right now, um, I liked how Louis came in and was like, "The stage is a sacred place." <laughs> yeah, hand it to Lagoshi to once again get on that particular. Uh... Oh, no, Louis, Louis. Sorry, yes, Louis to get on that particular. High horse. He's he's always been about distending the stage. Apparently, um, even more so than his own life. Yeah, and uh, and as we thought, Louis is not doing well on a diet of of meat he's not used to and isn't prepared to eat. I, before you get into that, there was one comment. At least this is oh, I, I may have paraphrased it, but the English the, the English was when the lions were um, crowding around the the uh, nightclub owner they said well helping the weak is the new shishigumi way and i was like okay so we've got a bunch of uh, robin hoods here it reminds me a lot of the story of the mayor which i thought might come back into this because of the lions and stuff but yeah well and there's no i at least have no reason to think that 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 lion leader won't make a return at some point the, la- the the mayor literally like he put a smile on his face via surgery that was friendly that was herbivore friendly and they were kind of doing the same thing but instead of all getting instead of the entire shishigumi removing their fangs and getting plastic surgery they find they use louie as their sort of like friendly face uh to win over the trust uh, of the herbivores and, and i think the carnivores who sort of look up to the herbivores in a way too you know um and i think it's just such a surprising choice i wanted to talk just one quick second before we get to the ending here i wanted to talk about oh my god they they paid lip service to the other gangs and i'm not sure you picked up on this but i just oh, i remember that yeah they're like oh this gang's too weird and like i can't the madaragumi yeah yeah Madaragumi's too weird. They don't want to eat um, fried tofu with the uh, with the fox girls, um, and they can't hang out with the monitor lizards because that's a dangerous prospect for reasons that uh, we're not. Apparently, monitor lizards are really the crazy ones. Like you'd rather hang around in a pride of lions than with a bunch of monitor lizards. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, 
they're building out that world too, the underworld. And uh, there was there's another Shishigumi as well. I guess was that the Madara Gumi that they were talking about? I don't know. I can't Perhaps. remember. Perhaps. Okay. Anyway, so one of the lions, his name is Ibuki, and he's the one that seems to be sort of in charge outside of Louis. He brings him a salad, and it's such a sweet gesture. He wants him to remain strong. So it's like, it's a sweet gesture, like wrapped in sort of like the like masculine pride lion like container. <laughs> but he brings him a mixed salad and tells yeah. him to eat and keep up his strength. And- this was an interesting juxtaposition. It's like they they actually do have long-term What's interesting to me is Louis still feels the need to be out there and eat the steak and prove that he's, you know, kind of one of them. But this other lion is like, dude, you're you're not a a lion. You can't eat this stuff. Here, I, I brought you a salad. I want you to stay alive so that you can continue to do what you're doing. I don't care whether you're eating steak or not. Yeah. So Louis performing, but for himself. It appears the lions would be fine if he just sat in there and ate a salad. That's one. That's one thing we didn't bring the right attention to is that when they are coming up with this plan to install Louis as the boss of the Shishigumi, they do make note of the fact that he was a B, that he was in the running for B star, and he was the he was not only the hope of the herbivores, but he was also an actor, and they want him to play a character um, in order to line their own pockets, basically, or fill their own um, cupboards. And they are eating very well under this new Shishigumi. I, I wasn't, I mean, I understood the connection there, but there was, I presume Louis has done other things that has uh, worked out. What does that mean? Like he's, He's done um, summer stock. <laughs> what do you mean? No, he, he must have. Aside from just saving this one woman at the strip club. Oh yeah, I mean, we saw him with the turtle. Um, he didn't interfere with the business of the of the back alley. He he came and he sort of like subtly put down the pressure that they should be paying. Um, security money to the Shishigumi to protect them from the Shishigumi, as well as the other roving bands of uh, the other gangs of 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 back of the other gangs of black market. Yeah. So I mean, Louis has good business sense, then I suppose. Yeah. So like that's that's who Louis is, right? He's he's a couple different things. He's he's the scared little deer in the cage who still hasn't gotten over the fact that he was slated to be meat. Um, and he was brought in by a rich industrialist to be the heir that he never had. Um, and he's also that heir. He's, he's a person with the keen, with the keen, the, who grew up around keen business sense. Um, but he's also this virtuous uh, shining star of his school community the type who would be class president, basically. Yeah, I mean, 
what what's a little unclear is when they were first uh, and we're just one episode prior when they're first saying like hey we should recruit this deer to be our leader they really still they sound like they still want him to be a b star i didn't get that but it, it might have been more clear in in the dub um, well what's unclear to me is you know what do you get as a b star i can't answer that what do you think you get as a beat star? What have they led you to believe it is? Well, it's a position of great, you know, I can't tell. Is it like, is it like winning a beauty pageant? <laughs> or is it like winning a Nobel Prize? Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some combination of these? I I don't think they've given you enough information to go on, but there is a key word here that will explain what a B-star is, and I can't use it. So anyway, they have a fake-out at the end here. They say the young wolf is here to see you. But it's not Legoshi. It's no, Juno. it's Juno. I was a little surprised. Yeah, and she's very cute in the one moment she has here where she's like, stay away from me. I want to see Louie. She seems pretty vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, she's huge. She's strong. We know that. Yeah, but she's uh, not here to fight lions. Let us let me just ask you this before you actually find out the answers. Why do you think Juno is here? What, why does she want to see Louie? Great question. Um, I'm not entirely sure. She had wanted. Uh, I, I will posit she's there looking for Louis, because she's not Louis. Looking for um, Lagoshi, and she she likes Lagoshi. That's very clear. Lagoshi has failed to dissuade her of his. You know, he hasn't indicated to her that he's not interested. It's almost as if he's keeping her on the side, but he's not, he doesn't have enough artifice in him to do that. No, that's a good point. So, but I think she is worried about him and she pines for him and she's looking for him and she may have caught wind that um, Louis is now in a position of power and she's like, well, I bet, I bet he can help. That's my guess. It's a good guess. Um, I think you, you do have to consider Legoshi as a possibility, but are you not considering Louis himself? I, this is not I'm giving anything to, away, but no, I know. I, I'm. I don't Louis really consider is the former front runner for B Star. Now we know Juno is also in the running for B Star. So right, but then I wouldn't see that she wanted him to come back, unless like. B-Star bestows something good on Cherryton, in which case it's better to have two possible candidates as opposed to one because the idea is to aggrandize all of um, Cherryton. Zootopia. Yeah. (laughs) Zoolandia. Um, That's it for this episode of Cherryton School Report presented by Okashina Podcast Enemy with Friends. Um, you guys have to send us questions for our question block because I'm dying out here. Uh, I had to ask my daughter and I really, really want to answer some good questions next week. So um, 
you have two weeks actually we're not recording next week so send us those questions and we will get them <laughs> and we'll answer them okashina podcast anime with friends i mean okashina podcast that's o-k-a-s-h-i-n-a podcast on twitter you can also reach us by gmail at the same okashina podcast that's o-k-a-s-h-i-n-a podcast at gmail um and we have a tradition at the end of this show uh i don't know which one we should do if you guys have a preference let me know but we have this dorky tradition of saying beast off and then we have a kind of slightly cooler tradition of saying okashikuiko um should we spin the beast ikoyo <laughs> beast ikoyo nice there you go one. yeah that's I... great that should be what we do from now on honestly. <laughs> i'm let's sorry beast. let's I'm... go beast <laughs>